Hey friends, you're listening to the Difference Makers Podcast, and I'm your host, Jamie Mullins. On each monthly episode, we'll have a guest that will give us a peek into what it looks like for them to be a difference maker, a leader in the places God has given them influence. My hope is that it leaves you encouraged to use your gifts, passions, and story to make a difference right where you are. Hello and welcome to the Difference Makers Podcast. My name is Jamie Mullen. So excited that you are here with us for the very first episode of 2020. Our goal in every episode of this podcast is to equip you to use your gifts, your passions, and your story in the place that God's given you influence. And if you have not been around Cross Timbers for the past month, we have been in a series called Not Yet, where we are taking a look at how we can live in the not yet moments of life, no matter what we're facing, and learn that we don't find freedom in the absence of a certain situation or circumstance, but we find that freedom through the presence of someone and that's God. And so this episode, I'm so excited that we have Avery and Chase joining us. Welcome to the podcast, you guys. Hi, happy to be here. So excited y'all are here. And for those of you who have been joining us for the Not Yet series through our small groups, you know that Avery and Chase both wrote devotionals for our small group guides. And so they're here today just to unpack their stories and to tell us a little bit about how God used their not yet moments um, to make a difference even in the lives of other people. And so let's dive in this morning. Just talk to us, Chase, if you want to start mm-hmm. and just share with us um, you talked about in the devotional, but just unpack for everybody that's listening that may not have been part of a small group, um, what a not yet moment looked like for you and your family. Yeah. So I think, uh, and I wrote about it. Um, this was, well, it, honestly, it was kind of our journey of fertility and, um, we're still even in the middle of that journey. Uh, but I talked about just, I think it was probably a few years into our marriage. So we'll be married nine years coming up this fall. And, probably the third year where we like we're like hey let's intentionally start you know trying to have a child yeah. um plenty of practice and I was like okay we can do this now so <laughs> uh <laughs> sorry Avery anyway um uh, so yeah so we we kind of started down that journey and uh we had no clue what that would look like uh, you know it's like you you know some people's like oh we got pregnant on our honeymoon and some people were like it took us forever yeah uh, we had just no like prediction of like oh this is what it'll be like and so uh the first year obviously we never got pregnant. And so it's kind of like, okay, maybe something's different here. And, um, that second year we really started kind of focusing on everything to the point of, you know, it was like counting days down and tracking things and then realizing, okay, maybe we need help with this deal. And, uh, we started sharing it with a few of our friends praying about it. Um, but the pressure I think of just family and people asking all the time, Hey, when are you going to start your family? Which was off, you know, mm. weird for me. I'm like, I already did. Yeah. I'm married. Um, you know, and then it was like, when are you gonna have kids? And at that point it was like, well, we're going to have them, but you know, we don't know when. Uh, and then it was kind of just month after month, every few months, every year, it wasn't happening. Started going to a doctor, wasn't happening. Um, had a couple of miscarriages and that was when, um, it was just a sensitive subject, obviously for, for Serena, for my wife, um, very sensitive for her, for me, especially as a guy and I've had a, you know, cool opportunity to sit down with some guys who've been in the same journey. Uh, it's hard, it's hard for us too, because, yeah. you know, we want to support our wife, but we have these feelings and emotions too, but we're also guys. So it's like, should I just be angry or can mm. I be sad? Um, and so we, we went through that for a while and, you know, it's, it's kind of like reading the Bible. Um, 
you know, like we have Daisy now, so it's easy and right. it's awesome. We have almost a two year old and it's fun. Um, but in the middle of that season, you don't know that's coming. <laughs> it's like, you don't, you don't know when that's going to happen. And, um, on top of that, being, being in a position where I'm leading people and right. I'm encouraging them to, you know, believe and have faith. Uh, there were times where I f- would feel like a hypocrite mm. because I'm like, well, I'm telling people to do this, but I'm struggling with it myself. And then there's also just the times of like having to preach to myself, which was, was hard too. of, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to make this your life's work of sharing your life with people, then you have to share the bad stuff too. Mm. Uh, and there's a whole nother story there on, on just personal, you know, development and journey. Um, but yeah, so our, our kind of story was, you know, how do we, how do we trust God with every part of our life? Yeah. And that was one of the conversations I was constantly having with Serena was, it, it was easy to come to church and to worship, to read, to, you know, read the Bible, do all the Christian things and give God that. But when it came to like, you know, the personal side of stuff, uh, and it was like, I'm a pastor, like I should believe all this, but it was just hard because it's like, well, you know, we can go to the doctor and now I can medically tell you why this isn't happening. And mm. I can tell you why every month, well, here's what didn't happen this month. Um, and so it got down to this battle of, you know, having to live life, having to lead in life, but also like having this struggle of, do I still trust God? Can I still, can I still trust God with everything in my life or am I going to compartmentalize and only, only really give him attention in certain areas and just keep this thing, you know, to me or keep this, you know, more medical and God's not really going to intervene in that. And so, uh, so yeah, it was a struggle for, for a while. Um, and then even when we got pregnant with Daisy, then it's just fear yeah. at that point. You go through a season of fear of, well, you know, is, is Daisy going to make it through this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are we going to, are we going to have a full term pregnancy? Are we going to have a baby this time? Uh, and it was just, just constant, just, you know, worry and, you know, what if, and, and just staying in the middle of that all at the same time of trying to live life yeah. and trying to do our jobs and trying to, you know, still make an impact on people. So it was, it was a struggle. It was a tough season. So you talked about trying to make an impact on people in the middle of it. Um, I think oftentimes we want everything to be wrapped up with a bow. And I love that you even started with, we have, we now get to celebrate, we have a two-year-old, but you're still in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. That journey hasn't stopped. Like it's still a continual process. And so I think so often, at least for me, there, there have been times in my story that I was like, I've got to wait till everything's all tied up and it's perfect and there's a pretty bow on it before I can step out and use my story to make a difference. Mm-hmm. But life doesn't stop and there are still still people around us and we're influencing people whether we like it or not. So what is a way that you in the middle of it, as you and Serena were taking that journey, even through fear, that you chose to say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to use my influence for good, even though I still don't know if I fully have faith in yeah. the thing that I'm talking about. Yeah, I think th- the big thing was just in my own personal time, like having to say, I, I still believe this. Like mm-hmm. I, whether it's, I still believe God's faithful. I still believe what he's spoken to me of, you know, we're going to have a family of with children. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I still believe that, that he heals, that he provides, that he blesses. Um, and it was almost this kind of meditation on that of, you know, of my faith and of the things I've seen and, and remembering those and, reminding myself of those. And then even with Serena reminding each other in those struggle seasons of, you know, Hey, I'm, you know, at that point I was in student ministries. Like I'm gonna go talk to students about how 
you know, God cares and he's in the middle of it, but over here I'm, I'm angry. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I had to, we had to remind each other and encourage each other of it's okay that in this situation it hasn't been solved because there's other, these past situations where he has showed up and you can use that. And on the flip side of that too, there was times where I just had to not like, it's like, you know, I had to maybe not talk about a certain subject until, and it wasn't until it was solved, but until I was in a healthy place to feel comfortable with sharing that struggle and being, you know, vulnerable. Um, you know, and there were times, uh, I mean, I remember one Wednesday night, um, you know, we had, we had the night before it had a miscarriage mm-hmm. and I just remember thinking like tomorrow night is not the night to be at students mm-hmm. and, um, and it's okay to do that. Like it's okay to take that break yeah. and, uh, and to spend time with family and that was going to be way better than trying to muscle through. And so I think, mm-hmm. you know, I think that alone was an example of leadership, yeah. especially on our, just our leader team, because it was sharing with them what had happened and, mm-hmm. and then being able to offer grace and encouragement and to carry that load as well to help mourn with us. Um, and to me, that was the most important thing I could do as a leader at that moment was to not do anything. And so I think it was finding the balance between the things that I knew I still needed to do and the things I needed to remind myself of, but also the things that um, I knew I, that, hey, I probably shouldn't have to go talk about this or I probably shouldn't... Um, muscle through this conversation and just be honest with, Hey, here's where I'm at with this. And here's where I'm struggling with this. Um, I remember in the middle of that, it was probably, I think it was March. So it was a couple months before, um, before Serena got pregnant with Daisy and it was hitting that moment where it was like, okay, we're going to be in this worship series, uh, on a weekend. And Mm -hmm. I remember talking to Toby about sharing and, you know, Toby's sitting there, and this is what I wrote about in the the companion guide, but it was like, you know, being a living sacrifice is hard because we want to jump off the altar, and yeah. so how do you jump on the altar? And for me, the whole separation thing, it was like, there were things that, oh, yeah, God, take this. Yeah, here, here's my money, and here's my time. And But when it came to this thing, it was, it was hard. It was hard to say, like, okay, like, no matter if it happens or doesn't, like, I'm going to be okay, and I'm still going to trust God, and I'm still going to give that to him. Uh, and I remember sharing that message about being in that struggle and still being in it. Mm-hmm. But I had hit a point to me where it was, it wasn't fully resolved, obviously, but it was at a place where the truth outweighed my feelings. It's good. And I think that's that's a struggle for a lot of people is sometimes our feelings outweigh the truth and mm-hmm. it gets muddy. And then there's some of those, those times, whether it's a day or <laughs> a, a certain week or month where there's feelings there, but the truth is... is seems to outweigh it. And we know that, and that's something we cling to. And, uh, and I think we go in and out of seasons with that and in our not yet moments of, you know, there are days when it's easy to believe the truth and to live that. And there are days when our feelings get the best of us and that's when we need to be reminded. So one more question about that. So this, we just talked about across timbers, the unforced rhythms of grace, like that they're in, it's in Toby's book. And we've talked about it in small groups that there are these rhythms that we can include in our life. So you talked about like reminding yourself of truth, which includes God's word, obviously, mm-hmm. but was there anything else that helped you in the middle of y'all's not yet season to cling to the truth over mm-hmm. all the rest of the noise? Yeah. Um, and looking back, 
I thought I was doing well at it, but I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm reminded of that, like, that's my challenge just personally. And my personality is being like just sharing my feelings, uh, and not from a stage, but just in a, you know, a small group of people that I, I trust. Yeah. Um, but at the point, at that point I felt like, Oh yeah, I'm being really vulnerable with my best friends. Uh, and they'll, they call me out on it even today of like, no, you can mm-hmm. go a little bit further. And so, uh, I think that that idea of, and you, you know, we coin it living in community, uh, which sounds like this big thing, but it was really like, Hey, don't hold back. Like when you're sitting at a dinner table with your, your best friends, like, and it's the four of us, it's, you know, me and Serena and a couple of our best friends, like, Hey, this is the time to share your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the time to, to release that to them because that's what community is. Yeah. It's, we're going to mourn together. We're going to celebrate together. Um, you know, that was what the early church looked like. That's yeah. what we see throughout the new Testament. That's what that's what the opportunity is of being a part of a church is we get to carry this burden together. And so, um, at the time I could have done better, but even what I felt like I was doing good at of sharing those feelings helped. And I think if I would have allowed myself to be more vulnerable, I think I would have processed it a lot faster. Um, Kaizen though. No. Yeah. Yeah. One step at a time for sure. Um, and so there was that, uh, I think too, is just finding, uh, finding the thing for you that connects. So like, listening to worship music for me is great. Um, listening to worship music though, like when I'm either walking, hiking, uh, I bought a cheap kayak at Marshall's <laughs> and I mean, seriously, it was, it was cheap. It was like 150 bucks. Okay. Uh, compared to like four or $500 yeah, kayaks. Right. Um, but I got a kayak and I would just go and be Friday morning or Saturday morning and, uh, my day off and I'd go kayak for a couple hours alone and, you know, just listen to music and just, for me, it was just kind of separating from everything, mm-hmm. um, without the distraction of, you know, turning something on, turning the TV on, being at home, uh, whatever it might be. And so I think, and, and that's really Sabbath, but, uh, just building those times of rest, I think in and separation from noise. Uh, and that kind of helped balance me out too, of, of getting that sort of energy out. And, mm-hmm. and we say prayer, like it would be talking, like just talking to God, um, you know, sharing what I was feeling, sharing what I was struggling with that day, uh, but also being in that environment where I could say those things and not have someone try to respond in that yeah. moment. It was like just silence. That's and good. so that's good. Okay, let's switch gears, Avery. I want to hear from you. So you're in a little bit different season of life. Yes. Avery's <laughs> on our team here at Cross Timbers, and she is currently a seminary student, mm-hmm. graduated from UNT last year. And so, um, for those again that have read the devotional, you got to hear a little bit about Avery's story, but Avery, why don't you share with us your most recent, not yet season? Yeah. So the story I chose to write about in this companion workbook um, was something that really just kind of, I went through this past summer post graduating from college and kind of before going into seminary. Um, and kind of the story is that you know, about a year ago, the summer beforehand, I was an intern. And over that internship, um, I realized the full call to ministry. And so that was very scary at the time, but it meant I had like changed my major in the last Mm. year of my undergrad. I got the job here. I had a plan, like abandoned my plan B's. um, (laughs) And I was here. And that was all really, really exciting for the first year because it was this big growing season and everything. Mm-hmm. And then kind of that space in between schools um, was, uh, it felt like nothing was moving forward. Mm-hmm. And um, and it wasn't just because I wasn't in school, but it was like work had kind of stopped 
progressing also and I wasn't doing anything that was challenging me anymore. Mm. Um, and it wasn't because of anything here. It was literally because my boss had been to seminary also <laughs> and knew the mess I was about to walk into mm. and didn't want to overwhelm me. But at the time, it felt like I was being passed over, mm. over and over again. Um, and it caused me to become really bitter mm. towards a lot of things. And I sort of went through these seasons of really the season of you know, my friends who also all work here would be getting phenomenal opportunities or they would be growing in their own ways who don't work here. Um, and I would just feel stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really my not yet moment of, I remember just praying and asking God, like, if I had really done the right thing, like if this was mm-hmm. actually what he had called me to do. Um, and if so, like, why wasn't anything happening? Yeah. Um, and then even like, I just remember, after a 10K, my, some of my best friends and I all went to Whataburger. And I finally, at that at that <laughs> table, yeah, um, because I'm 22 and that's what we do, um, <laughs> just told them how I was feeling about it all. And they were the ones who had to remind me of everything in my past story that had led me to this spot mm. and that I really was exactly where I was supposed to be. Um, because it came down to God's faithfulness and every bit of my story through through getting full ride scholarships to undergrad and then also to seminary, yeah. which is insane and totally right? like the <laughs> Lord. Um, and through even like the path that led me to Cross Timbers and mm-hmm. to the job that I now have and all of these things um, that I had just completely lost sight of. Um, but in the middle of it, it really was this moment of – feeling really angry and confused. And I thought I had done all the right things. Mm. And, um, and so I didn't understand why nothing was happening because I was doing everything I could without like shouting at somebody is what it felt like. Um, and really just every time the Lord just kind of was trying to tell me like, just be patient. Like there's more around the corner, but you have to sit here for a while. Mm. Um, and so that was kind of the season and really, but the thing that pulled me out was, um, kind of the verse I talked about with, um, in Hebrews where it talks about like in light of Jesus and all that he's given us, like, who am I? Mm. Um, and that was the thing that pulled me out every time was like, in light of how good God is and how good he has been to me, like, who am I to sit here and grumble about not getting a new project at work, you know, like at a job that I love and that I'm very grateful for. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, and it really was, you know, now that I am in seminary and I'm learning and growing a lot, um, (laughs) it's easy to look back Mm -hmm. and uh, realize that it was just a little season and I was just being impatient and probably bored. But um, that summer of boredom and impatientness was probably good for me Mm -hmm. um, because it was my one bit of rest before in between two crazies. Um, and so, yeah, but at the time it didn't feel like that. Yeah. And um, it was really frustrating. But, um, yeah, I think having friends around me that knew my story um, and then just talking to God myself um, were really the things that helped me through. And so so there's a, there's a song that I love. I think it's a, by, I don't know who it's by, In the Waiting. He's in the Waiting. I think it's by Bethel maybe. It's on the Not Yet playlist on Spotify. But, like, in those seasons mm. where we're in this waiting 
it, mm-hmm. the silence can be almost deafening, right? Yeah. And I think so many people can probably relate to hearing your story and just regardless of if it's, if it's a season of work and you have literally taken away any other plan B, like, okay, we're moving in this direction and just being in this season of like, okay, my ship has sailed. I'm moving this direction, but nothing is happening. Like yeah. everybody's been there in one of those seasons and the silence in that not yet of waiting for God to move can feel deafening. And so you said community helped you and mm-hmm. like reminding yourself that God was good and that his grace was with you. But in the, in those moments when you said you felt like you were getting overlooked and you felt like nothing was happening and you had like sacrificed your plan, like the plan mm-hmm. you had for your life to move towards what you thought God had for you. How did you day by day work through that outside of community? Was there anything else that helped you? Um, yeah, I'm trying to, honestly, I didn't go through it very well or very gracefully. And that's, um, that's okay. I, <laughs> that, was, that's, that helps. To be honest. Um, yeah. So day by day, um, a lot of it was me venting to my best friend mm. and telling her the like, cause I found myself also being pretty cynical and thinking people were just didn't like me or they were out to get me. And that mm. was why things were happening. And so the thing that helped was me going to her and being like, am I crazy or is this happening? And she'd be like, no, you're being crazy. Um, <laughs> Yay for friends. That's what helped. That's um, so good. And so then after the fact, um, yeah, just going back through all of that, um, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say, but honestly, I didn't do it very well. And so outside of really good friends who saw the truth and would call me out on it all the time. Um, that's good. I don't know. Because we're, was, like, yeah. that's how we learn, right? Like yeah. you don't learn by getting everything perfect every time. And so I think that we, I learn at least more in the seasons that I don't do it right. As much yeah. as I hate that, mm-hmm. I want to get it perfect and yeah. hit all the check marks and know that I did it well, but it's in the struggle and mm-hmm. not doing it well that we can learn so that the next time we're in a season of waiting, it's like, Oh wait, I've been here before. Yeah. And yeah. And I think the choice is we talked about, um, having these moments that we set up a monument to remember God's faithfulness. At, this is back at our 20 year birthday when we talked about it, that the next time we don't forget what we ought to remember, yeah. but we can choose like in the next time that I'm in this not yet season, it feels like God's silent. He's not moving. You can look back on God's faithfulness in the past to remember he is good and he is faithful. And so as much as this probably isn't an encouragement to you, how old are you, Avery? I'm 22. 22 years old. Does that make you feel old at all, Chase? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. It definitely bit. makes me feel a bit old, but there will be probably be seasons for you of waiting again in the future. And it may be not as long as a summer. It could be shorter. It may be a little bit longer, but you've learned through this past season that he was faithful and to know that he will be again in the future. So, um, now that you have walked through that, what's a piece of advice that you would give to someone falling in your footsteps Mm -hmm. that finds themselves in a not yet season where they're just waiting and desperate for God to move for them? Yeah. Um, so one thing that I learned personally, and then I have something else that a friend of mine told me that was really helpful. Um, so the thing that I had to learn was that God's silence is not dependent on my performance. That's good. Um, and so whether or not I was doing all the right things had no effect on whether or not God was going to move because there have been times in the past where I was most definitely not doing all the right things Mm. and he moved in big ways and blessed me anyway. And there have been times where I think I'm 
performing and checking all the boxes and nothing's happening. And um, so that kind of has been the thing that a lot of times where I feel like when I feel like God's going silent, I automatically look at what I'm doing Mm. um, and how I'm performing. And that's not the way it needs to be. It needs to be like when God's silent, I need to look at what he's doing and figure out how he's moving in this moment, even if I don't see him or hear him. Um, And then kind of the thing that a friend of mine said that really helped was like, Typically, the thing that we're waiting on and the thing that we really, really want is nothing that's keeping us from fulfilling our purpose right where we are. Mm. Um, It might be something that we're really desperate for, but ultimately, it's nothing that's going to keep us from proclaiming the name and fame of Jesus right where we're at, even in the middle of the waiting. Um, And so if you can like find the strength to do that and figure out what it is that you do need to be doing in this not yet season... um, you might end up seeing God's faithfulness, even if it's not in the ways that you're trying to find him in. Um, And so that was really, really helpful. So good. Yeah. Okay. So Chase, for you, just a piece of advice that you would give, especially to guys, because I think something that you were talking about that really resonates is like, y'all feel like you have to have it all together for your families in the workplace. And and, I mean, I, I resonate with that some too, but especially for guys who are listening today, what's a piece of advice that you would give to people who want to be a difference maker, but find themselves in a not yet season, um, how can they continue to use even the not wrapped up parts of their story to make a difference where God's got them? Yeah. I think Toby mentioned it in the, the confession week of, you don't have to tell everybody, but you have to tell somebody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes both ways of you've got to share the struggle that you have with somebody. uh, But at the same time, like you've also got to share your dreams too, like whatever Mm -hmm. that might mean. If it's, um, you know, if it's something you're trying to do within your workplace, if it's a side project, if it's, um, you know, a ministry opportunity, whatever you want to call it. I think a lot of times, uh, we, we also don't share like the good things, like the positive waiting moments Mm of, Hey, I have this, this, you know, burden, this passion that's on my heart. I don't know where to start, but I, you know, I'll just keep it to myself until mm-hmm. I figure out the plans. Uh, and it's like, no one ever figures out all the plans and then goes and does it. Yeah, right. And so I think it's, it is even confessing those things like, man, this thing is eating away at me and mm-hmm. I got to do something about it. I don't know where to start. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, even this past weekend's message, um, we talked about like, you don't have to know all the steps, uh, but it, you have to start somewhere. It's right. like, mm-hmm. it, there's got to, it's a journey kind mm-hmm. of thing. You're not going to figure it all out at once. Um, and so I think sharing with somebody, even if it's just one person, uh, sharing that struggle that you have, uh, sharing that, that even that thing that you want to do, even if it sounds crazy, if it sounds impossible, um, you've got to start somewhere. So you might as well start with saying, Hey, here's a dream I have. Yeah. So good. Well, if you, um, if you are listening today and you haven't been able to be at Cross Timbers for this series, not yet, I would highly encourage you. You can find Toby's book on Amazon. Uh, you can go to the Cross Timbers website and listen to all of the messages. I really feel like, and I'm sure you guys would agree, this is pr- one of the most impactful seasons that we've had at Cross Timbers in, in a long time, if ever. And I think it's because we're talking about what Chase just said, like, We've got our lead pastor who's willing to share openly about his own personal struggles, but even in the midst of not being fully healed from his own struggles that he's still dreaming, like what you just said, like he's dreaming about a better day for cross timbers and about people in our community. And so I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the messages from this series and, um, 
just continue to take a step one one day at a time to use what God's given you, even if it's not exactly the plant you would have chosen, like what Avery said, and even if you're still waiting to see God move for your family, that we get to choose every day to make a difference in the places that God's given us influence. And we're getting ready to wrap up this series, not yet, but we have another one right on the heels of it that we're all super excited about. It's called Ripple Effect. And just the fact that we as difference makers are leaving a legacy. And so we get to choose what that legacy looks like. And so I want to personally invite you to our 10K Tuesday. Uh, It's on Tuesday, March 3rd. We have Bob Goff coming to share with us that night. It's going to be an incredible evening, him teaching us what it looks like to leave a legacy of love in the places that we have influence. So thank you again, Chase and Avery, for joining me today. It was awesome to have you with us. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much, Difference Makers. Have a great week, and we'll see you back for the next episode.